kettlebell dranger raiding season will commence next year on october 14th we will be once again at the athlete lab in little canada minnesota for the third annual twin cities kettlebell open registration is now available the lowest price it will be $60 until December 31st for those of you brave enough to sign up now you will be rewarded raffle prizes will once again be given to all participants and there will be a cash prize for those who wield the steel with great vigor come fight for your clan fight for yourself and may your name forever ring out in the Hall of Champions. Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I am your host, Jordan Kundi Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Before we jump into the episode, I want to let you know that registration is live for the third annual Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. We are moving it up to October 14th this year it will be on the second saturday in october and will once again be hosted by our friends at the athlete lab in little canada minnesota and right now it is the lowest price that it will be it is sixty dollars for early bird registration you can go to our website twincitieskettlebellclub.com for all the details and just like we did last year we will accept video submissions and there will be a massive group of prizes as well as a cash purse on the line for all of our competitors so don't delay go sign up now while it's the lowest price that it will be i hope you are excited because this week my guest is none other than the legend dennis vasiliev i am incredibly excited that he agreed to come on and i'm actually going to be making this into a two-part episode because we talked for almost two hours um so the first part is really going to be focused on his uh, background and how he got into kettlebell sport and some of his achievements um and then the second episode is going to be more focused around his approach to coaching um and some of those pieces of his knowledge so thank you again to dennis for coming on and i really hope you guys enjoy this episode please be sure to share it with friends and let me know what you think of it and of course i'm incredibly grateful that you listen to the podcast and if you would leave us a five-star rating and review on your app of choice and help us spread the word i would greatly appreciate it and of course if you want help reaching your goals without wasting time please fill out the coaching interest form linked in the episode notes I help athletes of all levels using my integrated coaching approach. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with Dennis Vasiliev.
All right, welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. This personally is a big one for me. I have the man, the myth, the legend, Dennis Vasiliev. He is a world champion many, many times over, master of sport international class, the greatest of all time kettlebell lifter, in my humble opinion. Um, and he is also happens to be a fantastic coach and just a really generous human being. So, Dennis, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the Platform Podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jordan. Yeah, that's a, that's a pleasure. That's an honor. Yeah, I've listened to uh, some of your previous podcasts. Uh, you're doing a beautiful, very interesting. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, the, if you've listened to the podcast, um, you know that there is a rumor um, that I may or may not have started um, that you are, in fact, not human and you are actually a Russian cyborg <laughs> of kettlebell lifting who uh, has been sent here to destroy us all uh, on the platform. Uh, true or false? Uh, false, false. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who actually decided to uh, do completely opposite. You know, um, yeah, my dream was to, uh, you know, make well, it's make make our sport, you know, even uh, even bigger, even more uh, fun and, and positive. And uh, I really wanted to, well, do my best to share my experience uh, here in states. Uh, well, and all over the world. So, um, but that's uh, for you guys to judge how, <laughs> how well I'm doing. Well, actually, I, I will. I will say you've been you've you've done a really good job of actually putting out some of your old some of your old videos of your of your early technique and everything. And it's honestly, it's reassuring to to those of us who are who are uh, striving to get better to see that. Uh, as good and as precise and as clean as you are now, um, when you look back at some of your old videos, there were there were times you were cleaning the bells, you know, up up high on your chest and then rolling down into your rack position, and like it wasn't like every single rep was clean right to the right to the rack position, right onto the iliac crest, and then ready to go. Like the to see that your form has evolved over the course of your career as you've continued to refine your craft is honestly re reassuring to to the rest of us. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about your your journey um when did you actually start kettlebell sport training because you you didn't start as a kettlebell sport athlete in russia right you started like track and field and then got into to bodybuilding and so, some other things so tell us a little bit about your your journey like growing up and when you kind of got fully into kettlebell sport uh beginning sports uh mixed martial arts actually oh. uh my uh, parents signed me up uh what 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 they were saying is that uh, I was way too energetic at home, you know, <laughs> knocking you know plates uh, down and just running around and just active kit, uh, and they saw that it's kind of you know let my steam go out a bit if I was working out, you know, at least a few times a week. Uh, um, <laughs> so like this kid's breaking course, stuff. Uh, we need to make sure he knows how to punch and kick things. <laughs> So um, yeah, and, uh, started uh, what what was first uh, kind of first yeah it, it took a little bit of a time to really find uh, kind of classes that um, I like and uh, I think first it was karate uh, and yeah it's kind of just I think it was like maybe half a month uh, or oh, sorry half a year a few months uh, and then you know switch to boxing also I think it was just a few months but it just like classes wasn't consistent uh really and then um and then we found a kickboxing uh coach and that was a good one 
Bendasov, I still remember the last name of the coach. Uh, and he was like super charismatic uh, man, I think for me personally, that was the experience that made me like outlet. You know, from from Akita, it was like a consistent workouts and lots of motivation, GPP. And uh, yeah, so I was doing this for maybe three years, three, four years. And then how, how old were uh, you at this? How old were you at this point? How, how young were you when you started when you started uh, karate and martial arts and then, you know, eventually kickboxing? Uh, six. Oh, okay. So we're talking, we're talking young Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Little kid. Okay. That my son is six years old. So I can, I can relate having a a six year old that's like bouncing off the walls and you're like, Oh my God, we got to do something to get this energy out. Okay. So you, you, you transition to kickboxing. You've been, you're about nine years old and then, then go from there. Yeah. And then after kickboxing, uh, it just was, um, like um, we move on, uh, move to a different uh, apartment, different part of the city. So it was hard to follow, which was a sad moment. I really like this coach. Uh, uh, and I said that like I was with him like maybe for three years, and yeah, we started like about seven, and I think up to like ten years old or so. Uh, was uh, was doing a kickboxing, but then we find this um, class of hand to hand head to hand combat, or. Uh, uh, in Russian, it's called a uh, rokapashny boy. Uh, it's it's basically kind of like a uh, fight sambo, or uh, well, it, it's still it's still around. It's like full full contact sambo, basically. Yeah, full full contact. You're wearing a kimonos. Uh, you're wearing uh, this um, mixed fight gloves, uh, like open. Yeah, the fingers, open finger. Uh, yep. Uh, well, in competitions, uh, you you uh, wearing a helmet. Helmet also helmet and actually like a chest protection and like this plastic uh, uh, br- uh, pants uh, <laughs> underneath the kimono sala and then even for shanks uh, protection. Well, uh, it's, um, it's it's probably was a kids thing because I was still fairly yeah. young. I never made it to to pros, which I actually grateful for because uh, yeah, when you like if I would be uh, that level of a, of a fighter. Well, I probably was richer, but uh, you wouldn't be nearly uh, as handsome, though. You'd probably have a busted up, busted up face, and yeah, 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 yeah. But then kettlebell sports started from last years of school when I start attending gymnasium in the school, and um, uh, then one day uh, just our teacher showed up and said, "Hey guys, that will be uh, I I will be putting the school team now together for kettlebell sport competitions in a few months." Here's a pair of twenty fours. Let's go. <laughs> best best work, best you you can get. Uh, and I not recall any any technique instructions or any. So you're like you're what like you're like four, 14, 15 years old, and and coach just shows up and said, "Here's two twenty fours. We're gonna do kettlebell sport. Go." <laughs> yeah, it was very. Uh, what could go wrong? <laughs> raw, very. Uh, raw approach because well i think he's figured like you guys in gym lifting uh, weights so they should they should do good enough um and uh well it was was uh well he of course he was he was watching and he just basically pointed the direction he said bells should be there yeah overhead so uh, i've done uh 25 jerks with 24 and about like 25 snatches per arm and he said okay that's that will work Nice. Good enough. Good enough to make the team. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all the way up, it was 1999, 
but uh, up till uh, 2000, yeah, 2001, I had, I wasn't receiving any like, coaching uh, or technique advices so of any sort. This this first two years was just uh, uh, experience ex- exchange, whatever experience was it among our, us teammates, which yeah. all of us was pretty much just a brand new kettlebell lifters. Like, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not sure that even any of us had any sport rank uh, uh, at all. Uh, well, in, in 2000, when I <clears throat> started uh, uh, Institute, so there was a little bit more experienced guys like rank one, uh, CMA, uh, yeah, CMS, I think was just the, the highest rank uh, among, among all. Uh, and, and I think that's, probably was the reason of such poor technique at the beginning because it was a lot of will a lot of desire but no knowledge at all like yeah rack position elbow into stomach uh i called it like or or stretching drills no not, nothing nothing like that and uh i remember that uh like the way i figure out the rack was on the middle of competitions <laughs> but on competition, the beginning of the jerk set about minute between minute number five and number six. Uh, when uh, your shoulders finally good. got so tired, you couldn't you couldn't ho- actively hold them up anymore, and you just like <laughs> you just happened to find rack. Is that? Well, well it was it, like I, I I don't know. Maybe uh, I, I kind of saw that it's part of a deal. You know that it should should hurt. You know, and it should be painful. And always, you know, at the beginning start kind of with narrows uh, with elbows fairly narrow but the end was you know with the elbows far out bells on the chest kind of downhill and and even with this style i was able to progress from this 25 reps uh, to like about like 80 reps or something in jerk uh, 24 and that was my kind of pre-competition um, test it was 100 percent test there wasn't such methodology back then or at least shared with me that you know you shouldn't do a hundred percent you should do like 70 or 80. yeah no and such thing as like a test set <laughs> yeah like also you know of course okay guys let's see what we're ready for and like basically you just do your best in jork and your best in snatch and yeah i think i did like something like 80. i remember exactly like was it 76 or 86 uh reps and then we went for competitions but the team was great it just was you know there's such a such a great guy so it was a great friends and uh well in general just uh you know healthy athletic guys uh and uh, uh was really pumped about these competitions and somehow i remember that it was going pretty well for our team like we we had this like a pre-competition um a test a week before and then uh i wasn't the, the first uh, I was going closer to last uh, 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 to compete and like all of the teammates they were doing great like one guy he step up and he hit a PR and kind of you know everything went great and the other guy came and he also did great and I kind of okay my turn kind of you know I was like really excited to go with it and uh, as I said like somewhere in the middle of the set like I just was trying to once again, save the rack position, and I was able to stack one one elbow, the side rack, because wasn't able to put both at all. And I stuck one, and it just gave this <laughs> relief in air. Yeah. And, uh, your and your just, muscles go. Ah. With no problem. Yeah, with no problem, just get 120 jerks, huge PR, like 
more like 30 40 percent and uh hit cms which i wasn't expecting at all and that was probably like the first this flash of light where i said okay it's not just a pain uh, it's it's the way to figure it out and after that actually was the first time well after this competition when i start to like trying to clean 32s uh, or you know maybe do a couple of rest before because before that i wasn't even trying because it seemed just way too difficult and too hard and uh, yeah they're intimidating there. those 32s they they're they're scary i mean they just sit there taunting you but they're yeah they're 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 scary yes. so so basically first two years was just pure i don't know uh, so when you so when you hit cms when you hit CMS, did, did, was there, I mean, you mentioned the light bulb of like you found rack position and you realized it didn't always have to be so hard, but did, was there, was there a moment when you were like, I might be good at this? Like when, when did, when did you realize that, that you, that you either might, might be good at it or that you just really love it and you want to kind of, that it was the thing you wanted to pursue? Like when did, when did that, when did that light bulb kind of, kind of happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and it, it was, uh, about the end of the first year of the, of the studies and uh, i actually had a, a break from mixed martial arts uh because well you needed to commute like to the other side of the city and it you know was just this pressure to make it through first year of studies uh, uh and uh, i was a cms in mixed martial arts by the end of a high school and like so this first year i was able to make it to cms and kettlebells and this actually was kind of a moment for me of a dilemma Mm. Okay, you know, because okay, that second year seems like things, you know, starts to ease up a little bit, and yeah. it seems like I'm able to get back. And so, okay, so what will I do? Should I uh, come back to uh, mixed martial arts? But I kind of haven't done it for a year, kind of, you know, a little bit kind yeah. of out of shape, needs to catch up, <laughs> or I should stick with this kettle sport, the kettlebell sport, uh, where I just freshly made CMS, and you know, seems like just start to get you know this whole momentum going and um yeah i just uh decided to stick with kettlebells uh, uh and uh and the rest and, uh, the rest that, is that history was, as they the, say yeah 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 that was the beginning and, and anyways uh another like few years well basically the whole studies uh i was uh um and i've always um invited to join uh, once in a while these mixed martial arts competitions because i've done it before uh so i had uh, like a few competitions mixed martial arts so it wasn't anything extraordinary well i it wasn't a rough beating but wasn't a victorious uh, um, <laughs> fight either so yeah. it just was kind of well just um, uh, humble it's hard, hard to dabble in being a fighter. It's it, that's a hard thing to just kind of like not be fully committed to and then show up and fight. Like that's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well. Again, I, you know, I, I've done it for almost like ten years, and it was only a year break. So, I mean, I, it still was quite a fresh, fresh in my mind. Uh, so, I, as I said, I wasn't completely off, but well, wasn't wasn't excellent, wasn't wasn't perfection then, and uh, was doing some uh, arm wrestling, also. Um, uh, so, kind of was a period, short period of time where I kind of was, you know, like basically in three sports, you know, mixed martial arts once in a while, and then kettlebell sport, and then some arm wrestling, and uh, in kettlebell sport, I was getting 
closer to <coughs> MS, you know, start lifting 32s and training starts to be really hard. And uh, also like ar around um, uh, like 2000, 2003, yeah, I said that, okay, that's probably time to focus, you know, and just, just. stick with something. One, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, and well, I hit MS uh, uh, early 2004. And was that, was that your first MS, was that in biathlon or, or had you transitioned to long, long cycle at this point? Uh, it was biathlon and this, uh, this first two years and, uh, up till the uh, first CMS, it was biathlon only it was uh, long cycle. Wasn't around at all. Yeah. Long cycle wasn't yeah. a thing until what, like mid two thousands. Is that, is that right? Like 2005, well, 2006? It, it's not like it wasn't, wasn't exist, uh, but it was, it wasn't spread wide yeah. enough. I believe, I believe the very first time it was introduced to like national competitions was 1999, maybe, or 1998. Uh, um, and, and I was in a smaller city back then in uh, Kaliningrad. So, um, yeah, it wasn't there. And then, uh, we once went to competition to St. Petersburg and this was a long cycle competitions. And my, uh, my first result was, uh, I believe 14 reps, I think half long cycle. Uh, that was the best I've got, but then I get back and next year I showed up, it was 44. Uh, and then it's a little year, jump. <laughs> well, it was, yeah. And then next year it was like fifties, high, high fifties, low sixties. And, uh, I actually, um, my first shot for MS, uh, was in long cycle, but I failed. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I didn't hit the numbers. Uh, uh, my CMS was, um, I think, I think 63 reps and I end up with 57. Uh, which still uh, took me to the third place of a uh, junior uh, championship of Russia. Uh, but I missed uh, CMS. I missed CMS. Uh, and then, well, it's and back then it was kind of interesting calendar, uh, long cycle competitions and, and, and biathlon competitions was uh, half year apart from each other. So mm. it was like uh, two championships of Russia, one for long cycle, one for biathlon. And so uh, when when and uh, basically basically no, uh, no one have like a real specialization you know being long cyclist or biathlon lifter because like well you have uh, long cycle competitions coming and no, nothing yeah. for biathlon so kind yeah of you could you could you could okay. you it kind of naturally allowed you to to periodize your program where it's like oh, I'm going to focus on long cycle yeah. for five months compete and then a, tra take a small break and then start doing biathlon training and I can compete in that championship too that's that's actually pretty yep. cool yep 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 exactly exactly like so basically everyone will have this like switch uh once a year half year of long cycle half year of biathlon so uh i didn't wasn't able to get it in long cycle and i start biathlon preparation and i i made it in biathlon yeah my um, first ms uh, was uh, biathlon i did um, i think 90 94 jerks and uh, something like one 114 118 snatches and so in my biathlon score, I think, uh, like a mess was something around 140 points. So I've made mm -hmm. it, I made it just exceeded by a few points, maybe by five points. Nice. So, so you've now, how, you've been world champion now, how many, 11 times, 12 times more than that? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. You've been, you've been world champion 
basically every time you've entered it since since you since you hit since you uh, turned pro really well uh to be uh, to be totally honest um with a uh, kind of account of a victories i think kind of it's uh well i feel honest you know to kind of just draw the line or at least mark uh, the period of time uh, where I moved to States uh, because, well, I feel like, you know, uh, first period of uh, career was uh, this kind of duty national team. And that's where I was like, um, well, um, this I think probably the, the toughest period where I was uh, um, working on get qualified to national team with a huge level of rivality in uh, in russia like you really need to like sometimes the championship of russia is harder than the world championship yeah. actually because they just lots of professional guys so it was like lots yeah of, I, I've, uh, I've heard that before that that it was like that was the actual world championships was just making it on the russian team because guys that were left yeah. off of the russian national team would have gone and and beaten some of the people from other countries that were yeah. that were representing at the world championships yeah yeah, so I've uh, I've got seven world championships for Team Russia in IUKL. Well, and plus IUKL also famous, you know, for this toughest uh, judging and fixation. So it's it's really was, uh, you know, a feeling of a fight. You know, when you step on the platform because you know that well, with with no offense, you know, I don't have any hard feelings. I think that's what made me who I am and actually motivate me to work on my technique. But I mean, I know that these judges, they don't want me to, <laughs> uh, or, or, or at least they doesn't care, you know, about my, you know, PR or whatever, you know, they're just doing their job, you know, cold blooded, you know, and it was like up to 2000, uh, like maybe 13, 14, there was for sure at least one knockout, you know, on every competitions I, I've had. So it was just this work on get all of the reps done and, um, at the same time, trying to progress in results, and the, the, to the level where the difference was basically ten percent. Uh, when, like, let's say at AUK level championship, my best effort ninety one reps, and same year of season, I just did hundred and two in Vancouver, pace ten, you know, twelve reps last minute uh, with uh, yeah. well, let's say a bit more. Uh, um, I'll say um, most perfect, most perfect friend. long cycle set I've ever seen. It's still, yeah, like a, it's still the the best. It's still the best performance I've ever seen in long cycle. Like to this day, if you guys don't know, we're talking. It's in Vancouver in what two what 2014 was it? Is was that the right year? 15. 2015 in in Vancouver. Yeah, Dennis hit 102 long cycle reps with double 32s, and you were 95 kilos at that point. Was that the weight class or 85 uh, kilos? 80, 85 kilo. The 85 kilo weight class hit 102 reps on long cycles uh, with double 32s. It's it's on YouTube. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing set. Um, Kettlebell Drenga, thank you for raiding with me. You wielded the steel with honor, grit, determination, and bravery. Thank you to everyone who participated in this year's Twin Cities Kettlebell Open. Thank you again to our sponsors, Barefoot Athletics, Pro Kettlebell, Kettlebell Kings, Living.Fit, Sorensen Strong, CK Maceworks, 
Bellevator, and Verizon Home Internet. Prepare yourselves for raiding season to come again in 2023. Keep your steel sharp, keep your body fit, and your mind ready. And I will be back to tell you when it is time for raiding to commence. Would you, would you say that's your best set you've ever done? Was it, Is that like your, your most perfect uh, set you've ever done? Yeah, yeah that's what was the the, tip, the peak. The peak of the area that was absolute best performance. That's uh, uh, not only by result, but the way it went. Uh, mm. So just space-wise, the space stand was just never tight. In any single minute, it was like 59, 58 seconds. And then last minute was kind of this natural, you know, a bit of a... Adrenaline uh, acceleration, uh, yeah. 12 reps, um, uh, last minute. Yeah, it was, was a beautiful set. And is that, is that, uh, I know it's your best result. Is it also the one that, is it also the one that you're most proud of? Or, or is there another set that, that maybe didn't go as well? But are like, when you think about like all of your accomplishments, I'm going to make you pick one. Like, what's your, what's the, what's the one that you're mo- most proud of? Well, obviously, 102 is the highest uh, score. So I'm, I'm super happy with uh, with result, but uh, uh, mentally wise, uh, it wasn't the toughest set. And actually, I kind of let's say uh, ch- cheat myself, my brain, because uh, it's not supposed to be a ten minute set back then. It's supposed to be a five minute set. And when I so I just having this pressure of okay, this is the day. There's the day when I do 100 reps. And I actually, uh, 100 reps set supposed to be a week after in St. Pete, where my coach, Sergey, he invited like a, um, a coach of a team, Russia. Sergey Merkelin, uh, correct? Uh, Rachinsky. Uh, oh, Rachinsky. Yeah, a, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he invited like this uh, official um, uh, figures uh, to this like a Euro fitness uh, competition. Uh, for this sort of you know demonstration and that's what we were um uh working for but um well you hit 100 reps there too didn't you or did you hit 99 i can't remember you hit around you hit 100 yeah, right or 101 yeah, yeah so yeah, you did so, you did it twice uh, and right, you did it twice in two weeks <laughs> not exactly not exactly uh, easy but well basically yeah in, in one week like in in 10 days uh and actually right after just i catch my breath sergey my coach said okay this uh, this thing it cannot be repeated uh <laughs> you will never ever will be able to do something like that again. Uh, he said that you probably was ready like for 110 reps, based on oh you know the fact that you crush 100 twice, you know, with a with a just a one week apart. Uh, but it just was. See, it's it's mental. It's it's so uh, so mental. This kettlebell sport, and yeah. well, I'm sure even you know guys who's professional in other sports, they probably can tell the same because it's all about you know our doubts or you know um, confidence. And of course, you need to, first of all, be physically ready. Uh, but that's kind of obvious part. Uh, but then, you know, actually, it's better prepared you are, it's more you understand the responsibility yeah. and often, you know, all this like weird thoughts in your head, you know, and especially if it's something great should come, you're kind of just not not willing to accept it. And you start to fear, you know, this great success and it might affect your results. So it's very important to get into your set for, you know, one target, you know, to win and, and 
to get what's yours. Yeah. So that so so that you think so you think that part of the key to that to that set was because you came into it thinking it was a five minute it was just going to be a five minute day. You're 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 prepared for five minutes. You're going to hit your pace. You're going to stay nice and relaxed. You're going to put them down, and you're going to be ready for your ten minute set. You know, um, you know, with with coach and all of the officials there. So it kind of took the mental pressure off of you, like thinking about that 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 pressure of hitting a hundred reps. And because so then tell you you hit the five minute mark and when when did you decide that you were going the full 10 minutes like you hit five minutes and it just felt good and you, or, or was it or was it earlier in the set like i'm curious when did when did you just decide like no I, i'm going for it yeah so it's um it was uh in general it was very uh well it was great but very busy time it was it, it like it almost the same month, just a few weeks earlier, I get graduated from uh, uh, this Lesgot University of Physical Education and Culture. So it was, you know, my like I was getting ready for my final, um, how say, uh, this uh, qualification work, and then like your uh, thesis. Also, like yeah. by that time, yeah, I was uh, quite uh, busy uh, teaching, and I was just uh, running out of time uh, to apply for two visas for embassies it's just i basically had a schedule and you know now i'm applying to english embassy and then you know i'm applying like to uh well i uh, it, yeah it was my very first visit to canada to canadian embassy and to australian embassy and it just takes time and it's like at some point we were chatting with trisha Dong. she was organizer i thought i will not make it because i applied and it just was delays delays and delays and it just was literally like it's like flight is tomorrow and i still don't have my passport and i basically said trisha that's you know probably i just i just probably not happening i received a call hey hey dennis um okay your your passport is ready but it's in moscow (laughs) and my flight tomorrow like uh, 10 a.m and i said well just fly i said okay like the earliest our courier can make it to office is 9 a.m and I kind of calculated, so, okay, to make it to flight, like, the, like you know, if I'll be, like, super fast, I need to leave this office, like, 9.15. And I just, well, I, I pack all of the bags, but I don't really, well, actually, I start packing the bags this, this evening before, because I, when they said the passport is ready before, I thought it's just not happening. And then, uh, okay, I'm at, uh, like, 8.55, you know, I'm standing in this office, waiting for this courier now, 8.59, nine this guy running with my passport like that <laughs> to me i open it okay visa is there and now i start rushing to airport i just made it basically like a last guy to check in on the flight and i said okay that was a victory right here already <laughs> sitting on the place that we made it and it was uh you know like a long uh, you know trans ocean flight uh, i arrived like i don't know 2 a.m late uh sleep just uh, i don't know four or five hours uh but just energy level was just so great that everything working out you know i get graduated from university you know get made it uh, to canada well made uh well we just it was just a um, development of our friendship with uh okc and john wild uh so i've met jason there and john they was there and waiting you know cheering me up uh, also you know lots of laughs jokes just you know feel so great and uh well yeah start my warm-up so if i told myself if uh i will do five minutes set uh, no acceleration last minute and if it will feel like it's always feel this training cycle that just you know kind of fairly comfortable kind of no rush and no pressure i will just be heading like one minute 
extra. Like as long as I can hold pace 10. Yeah. You're just going to we'll keep adding another minute for as long as you can hold pace 10. Once yeah. you fall off pace, you're yeah. putting them down and yeah. that's the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of started like really relaxed, like trying to really just be super smooth about this pace 10, kind of, you know, really paying attention to breathing. And I made it to five and yeah, that was fine. And I said, okay, six. And I did seven. And when I did seven, I said, okay, that, that uh, it's happening. Yeah, that's it. Now I'm 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 finishing it. Uh, and that minute number eight, and yeah, it was nine minutes. Well, it's uh, I start breathing hard, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the set, but uh, but basically, you know, I wasn't dealing with all this, you know, struggle of. Uh, uh thinking oh it's nine minutes ahead of pace 10 you know it's, it's yeah. seven minutes ahead of pace 10 so i basically did five and then even minute number six and seven and still was kind of just you know one extra minute and then i basically was working on the last three minutes you know hard where i already had 70 reps in my pocket and yeah. i basically said okay there's just 30 more uh, <laughs> and it went great and it went so great that i said okay uh, i called Sergey. He kind of apologized. I said, say, Coach, sorry I made it without you, <laughs> but I will come back and I will do it for you one more time. I'm uh, sorry, this is this is killing me because because you just crushed the world record. One of the all time like one of the all time you put up a, almost a perfect set, and the, your first thought is I gotta apologize to Coach Ruchinski because he's gonna be so pissed at me if I don't do this again next week. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, I cut him out of the show, you know, he's the one who really wanted to watch it because he's the one who was putting, you know, coaching to me and I just, you know, did it somewhere away. So I really feel bad about it. And I said, like, he needs to see me doing 100 reps. And, and what, and what, what did he say? Out. I'm curious. What did he say when you called him and told him your result and you apologized to him for, for your, for your result? What did he say? Uh, well, I understand. I don't remember exactly the conversation, but general altitude that uh, was like he was, of course, very happy for me and, and congrats. And well, he said that it's it's amazing. And he's actually he wasn't the one who really was supporting my idea about you know the second shot. It's just when I told it, he said, "Well, okay, <laughs> uh, if you feel so, let's do it." And uh, yeah, we we flew back to St. Pete, and then uh, well, he just programmed me just. Uh, I think just on the one, like easy, easy workout, just, you know, sets of like two or three minutes to basically, uh, basically make me rest yeah. for a whole week. And I, uh, uh, well, before I pick up the bells again, I thought I feel just great and fresh. Everything went well. Uh, only I, I, I cut my elbows a bit because <laughs> in other stories that I, uh, you know, hold this rush, I forgot my belt. Uh, I arrived to Canada. I forgot my belt. I don't even have a belt, and I kind of in all my set. And I uh, ask um, uh, John student Ty. I said, Ty, can you please borrow me a belt? I forget mine uh, because he was done after his set, and it was like was well, like different belt with a little bit of a uh, kind of a sharp uh, edges, and I you know um, well rubbed my elbows, and uh, well it was it was fine through this like. So yeah, late, in, in late, Canada, late, but... late flight or like stressful getting to the flight, late arrival, four hours of sleep, somebody else's belt, no coach there. And yeah, 102. <laughs> but best mindset ever. Fresh, fresh, excited, happy, no even thoughts about doubts or any negative stuff. No, no pressure, no doubts so, um, mental, mentally yeah, there, yeah. physically, obviously ready. It's just, yeah, that's, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But. 
well, training cycle was good. Yes, uh, all workouts was done. So again, it was seems, seems a little bit of a crazy of actual arrival, but of course, you know, it's yeah. like <laughs> I was I was going for it. I was I was trained for it. So and so now you've got cuts on your elbows, you know, uh, and you've got you, from somebody else's belt, and now you've got to hit a hundred reps again because you promised your coach that you would do it <laughs> that you would do it again. And there are there are people there to watch. Officials are there. Government officials, I'm assuming, or military officials are there to watch you perform. Uh, and so how did that how did that one go? So speaking of uh, my kind of you know uh, 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 memories of uh, you know most I don't know set uh, I'm proud of. So that's probably was the most painful set I've ever done because the moment I clean the belts into the wreck, the first clean, I realized that I'm in, I'm in such a deep trouble. I'm <laughs> such an idiot. I was swearing into, to myself in my mind. So what? <laughs> What's going on? Because like, I what just, the fuck you know, are you thinking? Just, <laughs> just made all of these promises, and it's it's really happening that I see Sergey Rachinsky, Sergey Kirillov, like teammates from national team, and they all came to watch hundred reps. <clears throat> okay, okay, let's go. And um, that was like tight. I don't know. Maybe the first two minutes was kind of kind of on pace, but then. I was squeezing this rep number 10, you know, it's like this 59 switching to zero and it's like 10, barely 10, barely 10, barely 10. Ooh, oh man, that was, was really hard, really hard. And then, uh, uh, well, in Canada, there was, um, I believe like Fedorenko bells <clears throat> mm. and in Russia was this, uh, Ural bells. Yeah. The Ural bells. Yeah. Official. Yeah. Uh, Official bells, uh, and uh, I start to feel like on the ninth minute that my grip starts to go. Also, well, it, it like I start to feel it, you know, a little like um, uh, middle of the minute number nine. And so minute number nine, I actually I did nine reps because I feel like I need to sacrifice this one rep if I want to survive through last minute. So it kind of was gable. I I haven't felt like acceleration at all. <laughs> it feels like downhill, but I feel like at least you know just I will catch one extra breath and just we'll see what happened on the last minute. And uh, I was able to squeeze eleven reps uh, at the last minute, but wow, it just <laughs> then took me almost a half year to recover after this yeah. double shot. I was wiped out after these two sets of ten. And naturally, and naturally, your coach says, "Well, if you can hit a hundred twice in in ten days, you must have been able to do hundred and ten. If you just would, if you just would listen to me, you could have hit hundred and ten. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what I sort of felt that probably pace 11 might work um, based on how well this 102 went, but uh, uh, never happened. And um, uh, well, I think that's, you know, something to do with uh, honest motivation. Yeah. You know, because for me, um, like I started my career, <clears throat> you know, like, okay, one first championship of Russia, first European championship, first world championship. And we kind of, um, when I start working with Sergei, it's kind of like pace nine was right away kind of around. And then in a few years later, <clears throat> I think somewhere like 2012, we start a real work on pace 10 and, you know, it feels, felt like, you know, if everything will go really great, you know, through my career, you know, if it will be no injuries, if it will be just consistent workout, training cycle after training cycle. So it seems like 
this number is doable you know this three magic three digits that can be that can be done and it was just uh, this big dream yeah goal has, that i basically has anybody has anybody else hit that in the 85 kilo weight class since i don't has i don't think anybody's touched 100 in long cycle since uh, i'm i'm still uh, still the youngest who perform and by the time i perform i actually was on the desert uh, athlete ever done it and first two was uh, Vasily Ginko and Ivan Denisov, and they both. Uh, they're they're in my weight big. class. They're Dude, they're in, they're in the open yeah. one hundred two plus uh, kilo. <laughs> well, they both had <clears throat> like above hundred. Vasily Ginko, uh, he had uh, one hundred five, I believe. Yeah, and he's the very first one who who uh, correct this number, and I believe it was made. I I haven't saw his performance, but uh, I think it was uh, hundred hundred and five. Uh, but then I won uh, get 116 yeah. in uh, 2010. He's a different animal, uh, and uh, that's actually like I'm. I'm curious. I never ask uh, Ivan this question. Uh, never had chance, and I'm curious uh, what he think about it or what he thought about it. Uh, because well, he's uh, especially his peak. He was dominating all three lifts, and all three lifts uh, looks kind of evenly crazy yeah. you know with uh alongside with his 100, uh, 116 uh, long cycles he had 176 jerks and uh way above 200 snatches like 220 or something yeah. um, uh, and i'm curious which result seemed crazier to him because uh actually right now we can see um ivan markov uh, this yeah. uh, last weekend, 181, 181, uh, 181 jerks, 181. And, yeah, yeah. So that's it. He opened this totally new era. <laughs> we can say of a, of a jerking or break this, you know, 180, and you know, guys getting closer to, to I don't know, 200. And then in snatch, also Nikolai Kichumayev, uh, he did like 250 snatches, some crazy numbers. Yeah. So it's kind of he made he performed yeah. it in kind of non-official, non-UKL competitions, but it's video. You can see him literally going pace 25 with 32 um but no one even close to ivan's long cycle pr i mean i get i get this 101 uh 2015 uh and then actually this nikolai kichimaev he hit 100 exactly i think um 2017 but he's also uh heavy, uh, heavy yeah he's guy, yeah heavy he's weight. yeah he's he's a heavyweight yeah and then uh, right now we have two guys, uh, Kulakov and Balabanov, uh, who's uh, both uh, above 100. I think uh, Kulakov's best, actually, like I will send you a video later. You know, I, I know that you are a curious coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, like he get he get two no counts for no, like it's perfect 104 reps by Kulakov mm -hmm. in championship of Russia. And he had like two no counts last minute. I mean, I cannot any single reason why it can be no count he's holding them on the top which just they basically kind of yeah i don't know so so he's he's 95 kilograms and then balabanov he's a bit heavier he's 100 kilograms and one 101 reps um but i mean that's 100 plus but from 100 to 116 
that's just yeah that's that's a yeah dimension that's a yeah that's a whole thing but it's it to me it's it's one of those like it honestly it kind of reminds me of the the four minute mile like for for a long time it was just considered not possible right like nobody's gonna hit it nobody's gonna hit it and then somebody does it and shows that it's possible and suddenly in the next in the next couple of years there's a whole bunch of people that have that have done it you know i'm like it feels it feels kind of like it feels kind of like that like that once you and denisov you know kind of showed that it was possible to go over 100 then people started going for it right and like like it's it, like you were kind of alluding to it a, a lot of the the limitations are are just products of our own brain that that we don't realize that we can we can do it and then once we see that we can it's like oh the the constraint goes away and suddenly the the level of human performance goes like just another another tick higher than we thought possible yep Thank you for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Please be sure to leave a rating and review of the Platform Podcast in your app of choice. Support our work by supporting our affiliates. And of course, if you have questions or you want help reaching your goals, reach out to me. Till next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>